Right, season two intro. Are you ready? I'm. I'm not ready. I'm not ready for season two. Are you ready? I'll look. I'm. I'm going to punch it in the air. Two? I'm going to punch it in the air. All you have to do is spike it. Okay. What's what's the, what's the tune going to be like, man? What's the tune going to be like? That. That is that. <laughs> that's going to be our theme tune. Just that on a loop for six hours and no, then a half hour no. episode. We got it so right for Arnie. It worked. It worked. Yeah. No, I'm going to but... find. I'm going a new piece of music, but I'm going to find something a bit Mission Impossibly. Something like this. Hello and welcome to season two of the Arnithology. I'm Ben Hyten. I'm so excited. I'm so excited I can't do the intro. My face is... I'm stuck. Smile. I'm Alex Bellardi. Hello, welcome to season two of the Arnithology. That's what you said. Yeah. But it's Arnithology presents... The Cruise Cast. Um, if so anyone you... that doesn't know... Yeah, if you didn't uh, listen to the final episode of season one, where why, we why didn't you? Why? It's a gr- it was a great episode. Why? And we had our super fan Rob on. He was great value. Yeah. Um, but we revealed exclusively to him that we would be back doing the films of Thomas Cruise Mapother the Fourth, otherwise known as Tom Cruise. Ter- I thought we were doing Terry Cruise. Afraid not. I'm out. Well, that's fine. I'm going to talk about some Tom Cruise films anyway. We battered around loads of different actors. We were talking around it and around it and around it. We go, yeah, I like it, but I don't know. There's some shit films there. I don't know if I want to watch all of Carrot Top's movies. <laughs> Carrot Top was never, never a contender, seriously. He was pretty seriously considered. And then uh, we realized really early on in the run of the Arnithology that we were referencing Tom Cruise all the time. And you actually have had a bit of a sort of turnaround on Tom Cruise. You really didn't like him at one point. Yeah, man. And it's only in the last 10 years, it's I think, that you've... That. Yeah, it's weird. I never liked him. Ever. From when yeah. I was a kid. I saw Top Gun. I was like... That was cool. Film to watch as a kid. But I, I just kind of hated that guy. I think he reminded me of some person at school who was a bit of a arrogant jerk yeah he was a bit of a bully as well and i think tom cruise reminded me of that guy and and so that, that didn't matter because he, he continued to prove to me that he was a jerk <laughs> that's what happened okay and i just sort of like i don't like this I, I don't like this guy i never liked this guy and he go and then all the scientology stuff happened which we're not really going to get into but we kind of can't avoid it as well right so we're gonna have to talk about some of that and and i'm i'm gonna be pushing for it, and even if you say, no, 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 probably we're going to do something on it. We have to be fair. If we were talking about Mel Gibson, for instance, it we would we would have to talk about his Catholicism. It's a we major part of who it. he right, is. Right, yeah. right. And I think it's, it's ridiculous to say we can't talk about Scientology just because it's Scientology. If he was a Muslim, we would talk about Islam. Exactly. So it's exactly and it's important thing. to him, and we will try to hold it with some degree of respect. Um, and so then that all happened. And I was thinking my experience of him was, I don't know what to think now. Scientology wasn't even on my radar. It was like, I don't know if this is an okay thing or not, you know? 
and Madonna was getting into Kabbalah and all this stuff and yeah. at the, around the same time, you know, and I was walking around London and some guy stopped me and said, do you want a personality test? And, you know, I was so a student, were you, student were you audited? I was. Wow. I was. It happened. I will tell you about that experience. Another time. Another time. Um, and so it didn't, at the beginning, it didn't really bother me. I thought, well, maybe he's getting his shit together. Actually, that was my first thought when I found out about him involved in Scientology. And I think what you've hit upon really early is something that a lot of people will say when you mention Tom Cruise to them, which is, I don't like him. Right, right. He's right, a right. very, very confident, smart person who has attain mastery of almost everything he's ever turned his hand to regardless of what that is because he puts the work in and i right. think that comes across as arrogance sometimes it comes across as naivety uh, and it's very very off-putting to a lot of people and i think if that is done in a way where it's going to harm other people then i absolutely agree that turns me off someone like john wayne for instance i cannot get on board with because he's just a horrible human being okay mm. and i can't divorce myself from that when i watch a john wayne movie tom cruise i can because it's about his beliefs but he doesn't want to hurt anybody else but yeah. as an actor and as a movie star i think he's one of the all-time greats yeah and this is where i had to um swallow my own pride or sense of rightness about my sense of who he is as a person i woke up a couple of years after that i don't know him i don't know what's happening i don't know what it's like to be a mega movie star with millions and not actually have a sense of reality to have hundreds of people around you every day saying you're right about everything because they're afraid I don't know what that's like. And rightly or wrongly, he's got or he's got an amazing PR agent. In the last, I'd say, five or six years, maybe a bit more, everything I've seen of him, I'm starting to like him. Again, this is all, again, just personally the guy, yeah, right? Because yeah, yeah. what we're trying to do here is divorce that point. There's something's probably going to come up a lot as we go through the chronology, is there's a difference. And we did it with Arnie. We refer to Arnie as well. There's a difference between Arnie the man and Arnie the action star. And yeah. really the focus is going to be on that. And, you know, please write in if if we end up talking too much about his personal life. I really, I don't want that. I don't want that. It's not that it's irrelevant and hence we're giving it some time now, but I really, I really do want the focus to be on his career. And that's the kind of wake up call I'm trying to talk myself around is I realized looking back at his films and looking back at his films now, right in preparation for doing this there isn't a single movie on there that i don't want to see really there's a couple i well there's a lot i haven't seen okay. and when i look at everything that i've seen i don't dislike any of them his batting average is incredibly strong i like every movie he's ever done that i've seen well we'll go through them in a minute and so I'm, there may be ones i'm going to pick that are, are well there's one that you've but, seen that i'm going to pick you up on but and there is one that i've seen that I don't like, but it's yeah. not a bad film. Sure, okay. All right. right? doesn't matter what I think of him. I can't argue yeah. that I like Tom Cruise films. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> That's it. I, you know, I, And so I had to swallow my pride. And in terms of people that he's worked with, actors, directors, you would be hard pushed to find anyone who doesn't love working with him. Not just, oh yeah, he's a nice dude. Like They love working with him because yeah, right. he makes them better at their jobs. Do you, do you know who sold me on Tom Cruise in the end? It wasn't you. 
Simon Pegg? Simon Pegg. Yeah, he loves Tom Cruise, doesn't he? Yeah, so I'm like, I love Simon Pegg. Simon Pegg loves the cruiser. So I'm in. It was that yeah. simple. It was that simple for me. And I'm not embarrassed to admit that my brain did not do any further calculating than that. And, you know, he's got some real heavy hitters that try really hard to work with him time and time again. Steven right. Spielberg? Ever heard of him? He's done a number of films with Tom Cruise. Uh, Chris McQuarrie, Oscar-winning writer, he is like Tom Cruise's producing and writing partner now. They do. They must have done six or seven films together already. So I think in tying this into the Arnithology brand, very different animal to Arnie, but with some very striking similarities. And I think one we've already mentioned is the work ethic. Yeah, the work ethic, yeah. Not just turning up, taking the money and moving on, although Arnie was arguably guilty of that at times, but like always looking to what's the thing that I'm scared of? What's the thing that's going to really challenge me? Because that's the thing that I want to do next. And also reinvention. You know, Tom Cruise was was, was the unexpected poster boy of the late 80s with things like Top Gun and Cocktail. Right. But then in the 90s, sort of reinvented himself as I want to be taken seriously and I want to going. I want to be an Oscar actor yeah, yeah. then he, he had sort of the early 2000s I mean a real movie star moment where he's doing the Spielberg movies but then he had the Oprah Winfrey couch jumping situation and the Scientology double whammy and everyone went I'm out of the Tom Cruise business so I don't want it so what he had to do was he had to win back a fan base and prove his credibility again so he, he had to do everything that he'd done for the previous 30 years all at once. And he, How and long he was that period of time where people were giving up on him? There was three or four years there where Tom right. Cruise was no longer a bankable actor. Right, and that that's the period that I was referring to. It must yeah. have been. And, but it was barely a blip. Well, it feels that way now, but yeah. it, it really was one of those things where like, he had to buy a studio, basically. Right. <laughs> okay. Right? Yeah. It seems as though the things that one has to do to retain the status that we saw Arnie doing, that we saw Tom Cruise doing, have nothing to do with acting talent. Exactly. It's yeah. business acumen. It's having the right agent, having a good contract lawyer, as we've seen with Arnie so many times. The thing that made you successful in doing this movie, Arnie, was that you had a lawyer making you a really good deal. It's not what you did on screen. And yeah, fine, buying your own fucking studio is a way to... Keep making movies, but also when say, no one wants to make movies with you. I'm going to use what's left of my star power to bankroll projects that I believe in. Right. You know, he's yeah. a very, very powerful producer now. Yeah. And he produces all his own stuff because it's like, well, why should I do it the way that I don't know how to do it? Why should I do it someone else's way? I do it my way because I'm good at this. Yeah, and I've heard secondhand. This is by no means a um uh, authoritative statement. He's reinvigorated that idea after doing Jack Reacher 2 yeah. because he just, he's like, no, I've, I've got to do my own projects again. Because there is really strong evidence that when he's in control of projects, they, they turn out well. Exactly. And They're good movies. And yeah. he lets somebody else have creative control and doesn't go so good. So just like we did on the first ever episode of the Anthology, we're going to just run down or run up the list of films that we're going to be looking at. Uh, over the course of this. And in contrast to Arnie, there isn't a single credit on his actor roster on the IMDb that I think we should skip. Now, it doesn't mean that we'll do an episode devoted to just that film. No. 
but straight away he's in films that are worth watching and talking about there's nothing from the early days that we need to skip over uh, the, oh, there is there's only one that, that the same way we skipped over video game voice for arnie amy man save me we're not doing that we're not doing his video of yeah but his appearance in the video but we're doing magnolia right so exactly and he sings in that so in a way we are yeah. doing it yeah exactly exactly but we're not devoting an episode to that music video so we start in 1981 with a double bill of endless love and taps now endless love is a very small role from what i can tell uh, yeah, i initially right. thought he was the lead in that but he's not i think so too yeah so we'll we'll watch it, we'll talk about it, but I don't think we're going to devote a whole episode to it. No way. We'll combine those two. But Taps is is going to be a really interesting yeah, discussion. I know nothing about it, man. Yeah, it, I mean, it is a really interesting film. And I saw it probably when I was about eight or nine. I, it shook me, it, like it upset me a little bit. Mm. Uh, and Tom Cruise is crucial in that. Great cast, Sean Penn, Timothy Hutton. Excuse me. Then we got Losing It. Is that the one... I was asked recently, he said, are you going to do that film where he's running a prostitute ring from within his house or something? He's That's risky business. He's a pimp. Losing it, he's trying to lose his virginity. It's one of those oh, right, post-Porky's okay. teen movies. Right, right. And I think they go on the road with Shelley Long, who's a, a housewife yeah. on the run or something like that. Then we've got All the Right Moves, uh, which is kind of a sports movie. He's playing a jock who stands up to the man. And I don't think I've seen that since 1989. Right. No? You've not seen that one either? Nope. I'm completely... Okay. I didn't even know it existed. I didn't know Losing It or The Outsiders or All The Right Moves existed. So Outsiders, yeah, Outsiders next. That's um, it's kind of a cult movie. That's a Francis Ford Coppola movie. My right. sister, Jo, loves that film. I think it's a massive, steamy melodrama that's not very good. But I'll give it another go. Melodrama wasn't the word you were going to use, but it's kind of, it's it's kind of a throwback to those fifties um, teen movies like Rebel Without a Cause and all that stuff. Right. I think it starts just at so Risky Business is the next one, right? And by his own admission, that is that was his breakthrough movie. That was the yeah. point that he broke through. And when he was asked, like, was there a film where you suddenly realised you were famous? He said, Risky Business. Yeah, right. It's a great movie. It's a really fun movie. And then that's it. It's like from then on, this is what was so impressive to me. I did. This is what I didn't realize. And this is what made me go when you said, how about we do Tom Cruise? I was like, really? And all I was doing was responding to my historical feeling about him. And then I looked down the list. I was like, how can we not do this guy? From then on, everything is a hit. Well, if not a. Right? No. Are they not big? They're all big movies. I'd say Legend was. A bit of a misstep for both him and Ridley Scott. I think it's a really interesting film. It wasn't a huge hit at all. Oh, fine. But oh, he was I miscast in it. He was miscast oh, in really? it, I think. Yeah, yeah. I've got to watch it again. I've got to watch it. But yeah, I mean, following that up with Top Gun, definitely that's the moment where, right, Tom Cruise, you are absolutely a movie star now. You can pretty much do what you want. And I think Fine, what's, okay. what's really interesting is like Top Gun is one of those quintessential 80s music. It's got the so you're st- agreeing with me, but from Top Gun onwards. Yeah. Not, yeah. So Legend is the blip. Yeah. It's a, it's a totally yeah. quintessential 80s movie. It's got the score. It's got the look. It's got mm. the machismo and it's got mm. the quotes. I think what's interesting straight away is that he doesn't go and do a bunch more of those movies. He doesn't do action films. He doesn't do 
the sweaty 80s look at me movies. He goes and works with Scorsese on The Color of Money with Paul Newman. This is an Oscar movie. Like, this is a serious movie with a serious director. And a serious director who was making a comeback of his own. Scorsese was a bit of a rough patch there. Really? From yeah. what? Um, what was the kind of, where was he at in his career? Well, he'd done Raging Bull, which was massive, but then oh, he, yeah. he did a couple of flops like After Hours. And he's one of the great 70s directors, so it's like, is the 80s going to kill him? Hmm. Okay, then we get Cocktail. <laughs> that face, man. Listen, I've seen it. I was eight or nine when I saw it. And I just thought it was cool that somebody was throwing those things around and whatever. I don't think that I could be trusted to, to say whether a movie's good or not. Eh? I have a good memory of it. I've got no idea what happens. I don't remember it. I don't. I don't know why it exists. And, and I think I've actually conflated it with Color of Money. Wow. Two in my mind. Very different yeah. movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I just think it's a, like the pool, the bar setting. And I just think in my brain, it was like they're the same place. I'm not, I'm not trusting my own judgment here. Why, why do you make that face? Cocktail is the first film on the list that I'm not looking forward to watching. I, I, I just right. never liked it. It's just a... It's, is it, it's, is it his jingle all the way? It's not that, but it's one of those films that's a bit like Pretty Woman, you know, where I get why people like it, but it's not a good movie. That doesn't make it a good movie. And it's not for Cause, me. Because people like it, that doesn't make it a good movie. Exactly. And there's, look, there are plenty of shitty movies that I like. We talked about a lot of them last season, yeah, right? Yeah, but we can admit that they're shit. Exactly. <laughs> that's the difference. Exactly. That's the difference. So, uh, yeah, I'm not really looking forward to that. However, yeah. follow that up with Rain Man. Rain yeah. Man is a fantastic movie. Yeah, man. I, I don't think you have a soul if you don't like that film. And um, yeah. that was actually supposed to be a Spielberg movie. Interesting. Um, it, it fits him, right? It would fit him. I think what's really interesting about Rain Man is obviously Dustin Hoffman is giving an incredible performance in that. I think Tom Cruise is matching him every step of the way. Tom Cruise is brilliant in that film. So yeah. that's going to be really interesting to rewatch. And, and people will say, you know, it's Dustin Hoffman that makes the movie. Uh, because he does give an incredible performance. Is it is it an Oscar Oscar winning performance? I think it, it was, right? yeah. Um, and so Tom Cruise gets left out, like his performance isn't looked at. And I think what he was struggling against so early, and I think it's really important that he made those choices to do serious movies after Top Gun, is that he was being put in a, a box. You are a poster boy. You're going to be in Look In magazine. Right. And... He's, I don't want to be a model. I want to be an actor. Okay. Right, right. And it's very difficult once you've been tired with that. But look at Brad Pitt. He is still struggling against that. How many times does Brad Pitt have to prove himself before people take him seriously? And he still struggles against that in his 50s. Yeah. yeah. That, and that's, that's my bugbear, right? There's a ton of actors that struggle with that. And it's in a, in a way, it's like, it's like the reverse halo effect, you know? someone's pretty so you listen to them or you talk about them or you give them more attention or you do things for them right the reverse is like no i don't want to wear that halo i want to wear this one i want to wear the actor halo and what will it take for you to take me seriously as an actor oh yeah you're so pretty when you talk like that <laughs> you know when you're angry like that whatever well i'll tell you what it takes for tom cruise to be taken seriously as an actor it takes born on the fourth of july the next film on the list because he got a bloody oscar nomination didn't he yeah, Oscar-winning actor Tom Cruise, Oscar, he's a joke. Oscar-nominated, oh. Oscar-winning. He never won. He never won? Not yet. 
Three nominations, though. That has got to be such a bummer. Three nominations. Yeah, just as an aside, Gene Hackman never got an Oscar. That See, see that's incredible. That's incredible. Why? Why? Amazing. Yeah, Born on the Fourth of July, I'm sure it's a great film. I'm sure it's a great performance. I really struggle with that film. I, I just find it really hard to watch because it's, don't know it. it's a difficult it. movie. It's a true story. Right. Um, but it's, it's a difficult movie. So I'm not going to say I'm looking forward to that. I'm looking forward to getting through it for once. Now, <clears throat> the next film is, is really only notable for one thing, in my opinion. The car. No. Nope. The racing. Cole no. Trickle. That's what Tom Cruise's character is called in Days of Thunder. So the only Cole thing about Trickle. Days of Thunder <laughs> you're saying is the character name. Yeah. Now, Days of Thunder, uh, Tom Cruise has a story by credit on this. I think that extends to him saying to Tony Scott, hey, remember when we did Top Gun? That was a load of fun. Let's do exactly that again, but on a racetrack. Is that it? Is that what it, it is? It is even down to you know yeah. how they hit the air brakes. I have seen it, and they I don't fly right by any of it in Top I don't Gun. Remember it? No, but yeah. in Top Gun, when he we hit the air brakes and they fly right by. Oh and yeah, we, yeah, yeah. Exactly that with cars, the slingshot move. Yeah, it, it is exactly Top Gun. It's fun, but it's stupid. Yeah, but you're a fast fan. Uh, I am, and that's why I can say it's fun, but it's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, but. Is it taking itself seriously? That's the problem. Let's find out. We will find out. Um, okay, so the next one is Do You Like My Hat, Shannon? Yeah, now, so that's far and away. That is one that uh, surely you can't say that you enjoy that film, can you? I've got no idea. All I remember is the only memory I have of it is Do You Like My Hat, Shannon? And we used to say it all the time, like when I was 12, um, whenever we put a hat on. And... Um, and him throwing her in a bath with all her clothes on, I think. Is that right? I, I honestly couldn't tell you if I've ever seen all of the film. I know I watched... Nicole Kidman again, right? That's so right. both Days of Thunder and that, it's yeah. his Nicole Kidman years. That's right. I only remember seeing about 20, 30 minutes far and away and thinking, this is awful. So I'm not... I, I don't have a good memory of it, no. No. But... Next film, though. Almost a stone-cold classic, A Few Good Men. Surely one of the most quoted films of all time. It is fantastic, and I do remember this movie. Yeah. I have seen it, and I remember it. And um, the quote I remember is, Hello, when they said hello. Hello. It's the, it's the best line. Is that yeah. Kevin, Kevin Bacon? Yeah, when he says hello. That's just fantastic, the way he says that. It's good Kevin Bacon, man. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Hello, I'm Kevin Bacon. Um, by the way, just before we get to A Few Good Men, yeah. it's... Kevin Pollock in that, not Sidney Pollock. Because you know I'm going to make that mistake, right? Yeah, but I've got good news for you. Because yeah. the next film, The Firm, is Sidney Pollock. Pollock. No, no, oh, Sidney oh, Pollock. Sid Sidney, Sidney, <laughs> Sidney. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I remember The Firm being pretty good. I also remember it being about seven hours long. Is is he the guy who does the paintings with all the splatter and everything? And Yeah. You hate me right now, don't you? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Now, Interview with a Vampire was genuinely the first time I sat up and took notice of Tom Cruise and went, I actually think he's quite interesting. And Brad Pitt? Not so much. I thought Brad Pitt was a bit boring in it. Beautiful, right. for sure. But interesting that we've mentioned him already and yeah. they have similar, similar guess struggle. What, guess what we'll be doing for season three, Alex? <laughs> Definitely not. I'm not doing Brad Pitt. 
Um, yeah, I like Interview with the Vampire quite a lot, but I think Tom Cruise was almost revelatory in it for me. Playing against type, playing a bad guy, and I was like, wow, he's actually really interesting. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Alex. Yeah? Show me the money. Um, have I told you, Bendit? You complete me. Show me the money. I, I'm trying to say something serious here, and you just keep talking about vapid okay, like look, money. All right. You complete me. Just going back to the Rain Man thing that we were talking about, Cuba Gooding Jr. obviously got a Best Supporting Actor for Jerry Maguire. Oscar. What did I say? You just said Best Supporting Actor, and I just said Oscar. Yes, that's right, yeah. Uh, and he said, I think Tom Cruise got shafted on that movie. I think he gave an incredible performance. He should have been getting nice. the Oscar. Um, yeah. What did Cuba Gooding Jr. do since? Not very much. Uh Poor guy. Because he's, he's got time. He's probably been on the phone to Tom Cruise and Cameron Crowe going, Jerry Maguire too? Yeah. Show me more money. <laughs> Jerry Maguire too. Show me some more money. Please show me some money. Yeah. I really need some money. Oh, Jerry Maguire too. What does money look like? Yeah. I've forgotten. I've forgotten what money looks like. I haven't seen it in so long. Ah, oh, poor Cuba. But look, Jerry Maguire has its detractors. I would say it's very much of its time, but... I, I like it. I as really like as it. a romantic comedy, the final romantic gesture in that movie is about as perfect as they get in that kind of movie, I think. Yeah, man. Okay, now, now, something really important happens this year. Tom Cruise launches the character that he will play until he dies in Mission Impossible. And the first Mission Impossible movie blew me away when it came out. I think it hasn't aged massively well because of some of the tech in it. But that's a hell of a movie, that, isn't it? I, I love it. And I'm a big fan of uh, spy films. And and not so much James Bond, because James Bond is James Bond. I don't really regard them as spy films, actually. I think about them as the superhero film of the spy genre um i love things like the conversation and that kind of um pacing i think there's a lot of salutes to those types of movies with mission impossible and the tv series itself was trying to do that it was trying sure. to put on television th that genre that we had been seeing in, in the 70s I, this film nailed it it really nailed it and it, and really reminded me a lot of the first Bourne movie as well, which I felt like was trying to do a similar thing in terms of low-key, this is how it would be if it was real, plus big, big, tense action beats. Um, I love Mission Impossible. I, I think it's a great movie. And this is the thing, is that I had divorced my dislike for Tom Cruise from the movies. I... All, I enjoy all his movies from, from now for this period onwards, and I got I can't. It's it's a bit of a surprise to me now doing this with you that I'm thinking I don't think of these films as Tom Cruise films because I don't like Tom Cruise, but I like his movies. It's so weird yeah. how I'm I'm having a. Do, do you know what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, he's I... he's got to that point I think where he transcended superstardom and just is he's the driving force. He's a movie star, but he's just whoever he is in that film. And, right, I, and I think the, right. the next two films couldn't be more different and the really show Tom Cruise is a serious actor now. 
Yeah. And yeah, I know one of them is one of your favourites, Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah, man, I can't. I just and again, I'm not watching Eyes Wide Shut thinking this is Tom Cruise. I'm thinking this is a Stanley Kubrick movie, right? Yeah. I'm not thinking this is Tom Cruise movie. And we didn't have that. Like the whole of the anthology, every movie's an Arnie movie. Yeah. Very few are not an Arnie movie, except for his very late career with Maggie and maybe Aftermath. But but Tom Cruise has always had that as far as he's been in my awareness. Like, yeah, fine, we could point to some films where he's trying to be the star, but you're right. It's I think it's a difficult thing to say, actually, without giving an actor too much cred or, or too much value to their to their craft to say they have transcended superstar status yeah. and they are just, but you're, you're right. It's, it's, it's the right way to describe what happens so that you can be a star in a movie and not have the movie be about you. Yeah. When was the last time you watched Eyes Wide Shut? 2003. So I said, I ha- I said to you, I haven't rewatched any of these since I first watched them. Okay. And that's not true. I watched Eyes Wide Shut a bunch of times, but I had forgotten it was a Tom Cruise movie. Sure. Yeah. That's going to be interesting. I think that's a that's a that's a a long, slow film with lots of really interesting things in it. Right. Magnolia is another long film. Mm-hmm. I think it's an absolute masterpiece. Yeah. And I think in a movie filled with some of the greatest character actors of the twentieth century: Jason Robards, William Macy, John C. Mm-hmm. Riley. It's going to be a uh, long episode. Philip Seymour Hoffman, <laughs> Julianne Moore. Yeah. But with all of those people in that movie. Tom Cruise gives the best performance in it. And not just mm. that, not just that, mm. one of the most, again, he has a moment in that film that's one of the purest, rawest moments of acting that I could reference. I think he's absolutely on fire in Magnolia. I, I, I can't wait to talk about it. I can't say enough yeah. good things about it. Well, neither him in that can movie. I, and especially because I really disagree with you that he gives the best performance. I, All right, okay. I don't know that I, I don't know. And maybe I'll watch it and go, yeah, man, you're right. Julianne yeah. Moore and Philip Seymour Hoffman are right behind him. That's why. I'm but, <laughs> but, but right behind him. But yeah. because it's Tom Cruise, you know, the wild card in the pack. Right. Yeah. So, okay. So you expect it from Philip Seymour Hoffman. You exactly. expect him to give a fucking fantastic performance. But that doesn't mean he didn't. So, yeah. or that he did worse than Tom Cruise. So just because it's like, I, I don't know. I'll accept like most improved player or you yeah, know, yeah, most yeah. improved yeah. actor. But we're watching it again, and we'll, we'll talk about it then. Now, if I said to you, what is the most beautiful action film ever made? I think, after a bit of thought, you would probably say Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> um, it's, not, it's not good. I, it's not, is it? I it's love not. John Woo, and I love Tom Cruise, and I love Mission Impossible, but... Whew, that film does not work. Is it that? The knife in the eye at the end? And is it the climbing the mountain at the top? Is that it? The climbing the, the mountain. The opening sequence. Yeah, climbing he's climbing the, a mountain. That's right, yeah. And Limp Biscuits yeah, playing. That, that's the one, yeah. Nah, there's so much wrong. It's so 90s. It, right? it just doesn't work at it, all. It, it, so much about it is 90s. It's so dated. It's horribly dated, that movie. Definitely not the most beautiful action film ever made. No. I'd rather watch all of the fast films four times over again and again. I think the most interesting yeah. thing about Mission Impossible 2 is that it was shooting at the same time as the first X-Men film. And right. D- Grace Scott, the Scottish actor, who, if you don't recognise the name, there's a reason for that. Uh, he 
was cast as Wolverine in Brian Singh's X-Men. No way. And he walked away to go and play Mission Impossible 2. Now, right. in as far as boneheaded career plays go, that's an all-timer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. 17 yeah. years. The best yeah. 17 years of Hugh Jackman's life. You know? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Vanilla Skies next. I really, really, really like Vanilla Sky. It is a remake. Uh, yeah, and I like both films equally. Abre los ojos. Yeah, I like them both uh, for slightly different reasons. But I think Cameron Crowe did something really interesting with Vanilla Sky. And it's got a, a mood and a tone that's right. really haunting. I yeah. think it's a beautiful film. I, I like it. I saw it with you uh, at, at college. And I had not seen the original. And so for me, this this is the original story. When I watched Abel Los Ojos, I was a bit meh. All right, it's it is. Yeah, I get it. I get that it's the original version of that. I prefer Vanilla Sky because yeah. it. It's, I watched it. I haven't watched it since. This is one that I have known. I need to watch it again from the moment it stopped, and I haven't in you know two thousand and two or whatever it was. Yeah, I watched it just last year again, and um, it's still fills me with a profound sadness. I think it's a really interesting movie that people just... I, I feel like it's going to mean a lot more to A lot of people me. haven't given it a second chance because they were no. baffled by it the first time. Yeah, the, and there are many films like that of its ilk, like Mulholland Drive or even Eyes Wide Shut, right? It's It still gets people that I don't know what I just saw yeah. when they come out of it. Um, and it's super interesting that, again, this guy that people are still at this stage of his career trying to paint as an 80s poster boy he's so far away from that already and people still think about him as the guy that did top gun and there's something in both vanilla sky and minority report where he is distorting his image he's literally distorting his face the thing that he's bankable for yeah and i think there's something really interesting in that to say try and see past this Mm. i know i'm more than this you try and see past it too Minority yeah. Report, slightly less successful for me. Uh, it's it's a it's a really sort of solid sci-fi was movie. That, was that next? That's a, yeah, and you, yeah. well, you've got Goldmember as well. I think we'll yeah, fine. it's going to be a weird combination. But Goldmember's interesting, because Goldmember's, for me, is the beginning of him doing those cameos. Yeah. And that's key to Tom Cruise's likability. When an actor can send themselves up. Yeah, that's it. When, you, you know, and... Say, I don't take myself seriously. You guys, please don't. Yeah, he's finally but, starting. But do. But he but is do, right? <laughs> finally starting to say, I can, yeah. I can have fun too, you know? And it's interesting it happens before all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas Arnie had to do it as part of re- reinventing himself. But Tom Cruise had already started to do that. The face thing is so crucial to that. And then, right, he's got a gold member. He's not taking himself seriously. So he's very conscious of... I need to get my face off. Was he in? Was he Was no. he ever in, in the running for no. the face off? Uh, he might have been, actually, yeah. Yeah, he might have been. Then we've got, uh, I think, the only Tom Cruise film that both my parents like. Uh, it, it's <laughs> weird. It... That's such a weird category. Yeah. Please write in. Let us know the Tom Cruise film that both your parents like is... The Last Samurai. So, hang on, let me get this right. That's the only one that both your parents like. Your parents would go through this list and neither of them would agree on liking any of the movies except for Last Samurai. I think that's right, yeah. Why are they married? <laughs> Why are they together? Strange. How were you born? <laughs> Hang on. Um, Tom Cruise preferences 
was not one of the deal breakers in the in their in their vows. Is it not a standard part of everyone's prenup? Uh, apparently not? not. Just you and me, buddy. Just you and me. Whew. Um, I like. Oh, I like. I got to rethink some things. I like Last Samurai as a movie. I have some problems with it politically, but um, it does have a sequence where samurais fight ninjas, and for that, <laughs> uh, I applaud it. Great. Yeah, I, I love it. I've seen it. I love it. I'm not no problem with it whatsoever. You're going to probably have to point out the political problem with it, and I'll probably go, "Oh yeah, right, yeah, that's pretty." It's that's not. Pretty it's bad, not a deal breaker. It? I still think it's a great movie. No, but so, but that's all I saw it as. I I yeah. didn't even think about the history really when I was watching it, and it and and that is the that is what's interesting about it is it does relate to a very real history. Not that it's a true story, yeah, but it's it's set in a time that happened, yeah, where that kind of stuff was going on. Last season, we made quite a few references to quite uh, a meme-worthy impression that Jamie Foxx did of Terence Howard. Yes. Well, in Collateral, you get to see him do an impression of Tom Cruise. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, it's really good. I don't remember Collateral because I put it on one evening and fell asleep within 20 minutes and woke up at some point when... He was in a taxi. There was some fight, and I don't, I don't, I don't remember. That is the whole film. Like that's that's about yeah. two thirds of the movie. He's, He's in, in a taxi, taxi and then but, there's a fight. <laughs> that's my review. Alex's film review is: Do you have that movie with the taxi and the fighting? Tom Cruise is in a taxi with. Um... I think it was called the taxi that couldn't stop fighting. <laughs> it's Jamie Foxx and uh, Tom Cruise with grey hair. Collateral is a fantastic film. And yeah. again, Tom Cruise is a badass. And yeah, right. do yeah. you remember the handover scene at the beginning of the film, like the handover scene in Welcome to the Jungle? Oh, no. What is it? I'm not going to spoil it for you. Oh, good. You're going to love it. Cool. I can't wait. No, because then again, there's a few of these films that I think I've seen or they've been on. People have put them on when I've been around and I, I didn't really pay attention. I don't know why it didn't grip me enough to watch it. It will. Trust me. Right. Great. 2005, War of the Worlds. Talk to me. Yeah. Uh, I like it. Yeah. I, I'm going to have to save it. I, I. It's going to be nice to watch it in this context because I watched it. It came out the same weekend as Batman Begins. Is that right? Uh, yes. I think. Well, around that time. Yeah. So I'd just seen Batman Begins and sure. I was so excited because I was saying, as lots of people were saying at the time, finally, finally they got a Batman movie right. That That's Batman. Totally. And ev- everyone, not everyone, everyone who has listened to the Batman and Robin episode of the Anthology knows how I feel about that, about getting Batman films wrong. And so I was on a high from that. And I was like, yes. And we've got Spielberg doing Aliens Invading Earth. I'm totally into it. And there was something about it, it just didn't click with me. Which I'm sure the same thing's going to happen again when I see it again. That doesn't mean that it's a bad movie. It just means there's bits in it that I just can't get over, that I won't like. And I think it's got something to do with the kids and the family. Yeah, 100%. And I think when we talk about it, I think it's important to contextualise it within what Spielberg was doing at the time. And we'll talk about that when we do it. Sure. I will say I think there's lots of really amazing stuff in it. It just doesn't. It's not the sum of its parts, that's all. I think that's fair to say, and that's probably a more accurate description. 
of you know why I why I don't like it. That doesn't mean it's a bad movie. Uh, I think I'm going to enjoy seeing it again with um, a, a different head on. Mission Impossible Three, J.J. Abrams. Right now, remind me which is which is this one? Philip what Seymour Hoffman. The broad strokes. That doesn't happen actually. Ethan Hunt gets married. Uh, he goes after Philip Seymour Hoffman. Philip Seymour Hoffman. Is it with Hawkeye? No, not yet. All right. It's good. Okay. It's 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 a really solid action movie. I don't, I don't know why I don't remember it. Just straight up, I love the Mission Impossible franchise, and even though Mission Impossible Two is what it is, we're going to have an interesting Mission Impossible Two podcast. I have a feeling that I'm going to be I'm going to be coming out going, I like it <laughs> because I like Mission Impossible. It's that simple. It's it's like if they made a shit Star Trek movie, I'd be like, yeah, fine. It's a shit Star Trek movie. I'm not that kind of a fanboy, right? I don't care if it's shit. I just want to see it. Well, we come to a film that I think we are going to disagree on. Lions for Lambs. Yeah, you know I like this film. And again, another one that I just... How is this a Tom Cruise movie? I don't remember it a minute. Well, this was his relaunch. This was the first film that he released under his United Artists uh, studio deal. I think Lions for Lambs is three movies, one of which is interesting. The other two the, are not the bit. The bit in the office. The bit with Tom Cruise. The the the, the oh, other right. the other stuff with the, the s- bit in, soldiers oh, right. and Robert Redford and all that. Do I you know I what? Really I think like... it's because I don't know what order I saw them in, but I love Spy Game and I love Robert Redford and he's playing the same character pretty much. And so I just I think I was just sat there going, "This is like Spy Game. It's Robert Redford doing the same thing again." I think. But whatever my problems with that movie, again, I think Tom Cruise is great in it. I don't know why. When was the last time you saw it? When, when it came when out. It came out right? yeah. I have a feeling that you're going to look at it differently this time. I hope I, so. I really do. Yeah, I hope so. I, I, I really do. And because you know what it is now, you, I think giving it another chance is going to change you a bit on it. I remember agreeing with you about the problems it has. I think what's good about the movie isn't what they think is good about it. And the way that they put it together, it's not smart. It's not clever. It's just three hashed up stories. It's a device rather than a good story. You see what I'm trying to say? Yeah. So I can get that, but that doesn't mean that I didn't like it. I, I, I liked fair it. Enough, fair enough. But I'm, I'm looking forward to talking about it again and, and seeing it for what it is. Maybe I'll be cold on it this time. I don't know. Now, a film that I do genuinely love, I've watched many times, and I could, I'm could. i really looking forward to watching it again, is Valkyrie. Uh, I don't think enough people seen have seen it, it yet. Yeah, it's a I've really great it. movie. Just yeah. a great action-adventure war movie. Right, right. Uh, but with more going on. Now, that same year, we have Tropic Thunder, uh, which <laughs> I don't know if we want to do a whole episode no, on Tropic wait. Thunder. I, I, I don't know, man. I'd be quite happy to. If, yeah, let's see it and let's see what we do. because. But if not, I think roll that... Oh, God, it deserves it, right. Roll that into Night and Day because he, th- those are two very liked performances and I'd rather do Tropic Thunder with that than with Valkyrie. Oh, for sure. There's not much to talk about with Night and Day. I know how you, I know how you feel. No, about no, it, it's yeah. another one of those films though where he had two projects. He was developing one, and he walked away to go and do this one. And I think he made the wrong decision. That doesn't change the fact that I think he's great in Night and Day. I think he's really funny in Tropic Thunder, and I yeah. and there's a lot in Tropic Thunder that's very funny. Exactly, and this is why I'm saying let's watch it and let's decide then yeah. if we're going to do a full episode on it because. I kind of, it's it, it might be an episode about Robert Downey Jr. A hundred percent. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, I'm kind of okay with that. Yeah. If, like half an hour on Robert Downey and half an hour on Tom Cruise. Like that's. That... I'm for it. Let's do it. Yeah, great, Done. great, great. Done. Great. 
on the last series, when we did Maggie, we got Marek Larnwood off uh, Film Fandango to come and talk to us. If we could get another former Film Fandangoer, a Film Fandangler, to come on and talk about a film, it would be Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, and it would but be you... Danielle Ward. Yeah, that's who we're getting. She Not another. fucking loves that movie. We're getting Danielle on. I would, Danielle I'm going to try so hard to make it happen. I think Danielle, come on. Ghost Protocol is a fucking incredible action film and again i don't think it gets the props it deserves independent of the mission impossible franchise it stands alone as a good action film yes it's it's great and in the franchise i think it's the best film up to this point yes yes because okay now Next is a film that I don't think either of us have seen, which is Rock of Ages. And again, it's going to no, be... I gave it a pass. A big... I passed hard on it. Yeah, I, I don't I trailer, fancy it at all. Everything, marketing, I just was like, why am I going to watch this? And much like Jason Statham in Spy, Tom Cruise would be the reason for me to watch Rock of Ages. And he wasn't for me still then. No, when sure. It was released. Not enough. What year? Enough. 2012. Yeah, I was still not into him. I still didn't get the whole Tom Cruise thing. It's so weird. It's so weird having been so enthusiastic about so many of the films that we've listed so far. At this point in his career, I still have that reaction. The reaction that I know loads of people have. Rock of Ages comes out. Tom Cruise is not a draw for me. He's not the reason why I'm going to watch a movie. What's your sense of the public's, like, clearly, it's, I'm in a minority. Right? I, I think people go because they want to see his movies. They don't care one way or the other about Tom Cruise. That's interesting. I have no idea how big his role in that is, so I don't know if we can devote a whole episode to it or not. We'll find out when we get there, I guess. Um, but the other film of 2012, which was arguably my favourite film of 2012, Jack Reacher. That is ama- that's an amazing movie. That is such a good film. That's the film that changed me. You know what? I think I've been a bit hard on old Tom, Tommy. Tommy boy. Cruzo, as as I like to call him. Oblivion, beautiful film, pretty crap story. Yeah, and it's another one of those where I think it's similar for me as Mission Impossible 2. I'm going to have the same like for it, and it's kind of, I don't care that it was a bad story. It's, you know, shit ending as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But I couldn't hate it because I was just, I think it's good. I think I'm going to feel very different differently about it, second watch. Edge of Tomorrow, though. That's a great film in so, so many ways. Like to have them one after the other, right? So much fun. Yeah. Uh, really good science fiction yeah. in it. Yeah. It, one of the things it was sold on was if you don't like Tom Cruise, watch this film because you get to see him die a hundred times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and also <laughs> supported by Bill Paxton. Uh, I love Edge of Tomorrow. Right. I absolutely adore it. Uh, then we get Mission Impossible Rogue Nation, which is... The best Mission Impossible film by a country mile. I think it's yeah, so absolutely that's why was brilliant. Yeah, when you said yeah. Ghost Protocol, the best Mission Impossible film up to this point, yeah. I was like, uh, yeah, yeah. But this is a ma- Rogue Nation is it's it's just a great film. It's almost flawless. Like when even, I even even outside of yeah, yeah. action genre, like not not within its own genre, it transcends its genre. It's a good movie, absolutely, and yeah, also another film that my mum likes. Uh, but I think when I came out of that film, I said to you, there are literally three seconds in that film that I didn't like, and it was an effect shot. Right, right. Everything else, I was so serious, yeah. Bye. 
Um, then Jack Reacher Never Go Backer, which I don't think you've seen, have you? No, I haven't. Because I, I knew we were going to do this, so I just thought I'm going to leave it. Okay. So I know you're able to re- watch and rewatch films. It changes my experience too, too much. I can't really watch. Very rarely can I watch a movie more than three times. I, I like Never Go Back a lot more than some people did. It's not as good as the first one. It's still a really good movie. Yeah, and I'm I'm relieved to hear that you liked it more than most people because what I'm getting from people is that it was awful, it was rubbish. No, 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 it's not. And uh, fine because I, 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 that would really I'd be really disappointed. I I want something like I know I'm not going to get the first Jack Reacher movie, which is good actually because if I went in expecting I'm going to get something as good as that, then yeah, I'd be upset. But there's a big difference in criticizing a movie between I'm upset because it's not what I wanted. Yeah. To looking at it on its merits and its value. And fine, if it's in a franchise, it's not unreasonable to expect it to be as good as. But if it isn't, then look at it for what it is, right? Now that brings us up to speed in terms of the films that have been released. We come to a point of contention now because in a couple of months' time, The Mummy will be released. And Mm. this is the first time since we've been doing this that the actor that we're talking about will have a film out in cinemas out of sequence. If we go and watch it in the cinema, right. we'll still be in the 80s period Tom Cruise and we'll be watching a 2017 Tom Cruise. If we go and see it in the cinema, So then. here's my feeling on it. Right. I'm of the opinion that we do it anyway. We go and see it. We do a very short special episode to say, this is my hot take of it as just a film that I've just seen. But then we also then have to talk about it when it comes up in the sequence and talk about it in more detail where it fits in the chronology. No. <laughs> well, I'm going to no. go see it. Yeah, yeah, fine. We're not doing an episode on it, a hot take on it. You can go see it. You're going to have to not say anything at all about it then, if that's the case. I I can't do it now. We've started. We started the chronology. I can't watch a film out of sequence if it's if it's happening, I get it. It's happening so soon. It's going to be a long time before we can watch it again. If you really want to go and see it, you go and see it. Of course, I'm not. I can't stop you. Um, but I'd really like to hear what the fans think about it. Actually, more than anyone, like if yeah. they, if everyone gets in touch and says, Alex, I really want to know before I go and see the Mummy, the first week that it's out, what you think about it. Would you then? capitulate and go fine for you for my fans I'll yeah do right it. but fine yeah likewise if someone says you are shitting on the ornithology brand ben by seeing movies out of sequence yeah don't go see it i'll wait i'll say like all of us like we'll all wait to watch it and we'll watch it in chronology in order i will say fuck you guys i don't want you listening anymore yeah <laughs> so so how could i possibly take on the invitation that you just did when you won't you won't respect it in kind because that makes you the better man i i know i'm the better man i don't i don't need prove it to I the don't fans need to, prove it to the uh, fans yeah prove it prove it if if we hear nothing at all from the fans we'll just do whatever we do yeah whatever, we, whatever, whatever we want to do right not ask mate not bothered but you're you're going to do whatever you want to do anyway always do so uh fan voting doesn't really work here in this context does it if you like to get in touch I'm going to wait. And the other, the other, the reason for me waiting is because I can, I'm not going to be itching so much to see that movie that I really want to see it. I think that's the thing. It'll be interesting because I'm capable of waiting. 
I'm capable of delaying no, 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 my gratification. On. It will be really interesting. I'm joke, jokes, man. But it will it'll be interesting that I haven't seen it and you have. And right, fine. It, it'll make for me. And I enjoy I enjoy rewatching films, especially if I'm not that keen on them the first time. And I have to yeah. say, The Mummy isn't a film I'm massively jazzed about. I don't think it looks very not good. Me. No. If it was. This is a film that Tom Cruise is going to be in contention for his first Best Actor Oscar next year. I think it might be a different story where I'd say, oh, God, now I'm really conflicted because I really want to see it. Mm. But I also want to make it the Maggie of the season, you know, and hold on to it and see it in context. Yeah. But it's That's not. That's what I was kind of hoping you'd do. It's just the mummy. Yeah, I know it's not the Maggie of the season. And the Maggie of the season... Didn't end up being the Maggie anyway. Well, it right? was for when me. It was for me. It wasn't the Maggie we wanted. It. Oh, it was for you, right? Yeah, I think I was a bit harsh on it actually. And I've, I've uh, subsequently watched it again actually, and I enjoyed it even yeah. more. Right, I, I think I am going to watch it again. So, so here's the thing. So, it's not a big deal. It, it doesn't matter. What I might say is actually, don't tell me whether you've seen it or not. That would be interesting. Like, I don't want to know. Well, we've got another film coming out towards the end of the year called American Made. Uh, which is another Doug Lyman film. Uh, Doug Lyman, who did Edge of Tomorrow, uh, that's getting some nice right. heat. Depending on how long this takes us, uh, summer 2018, we've got Mission Impossible Six, and then yet to receive release dates in de- in development. Yeah, Top Gun Two, which would have Maverick playing the kind of uh, Merlin role from the first film, and then two right. projects that I don't know very much about: Methuselah and Luna Park. A group of renegade space workers venture to the moon to steal an energy awesome. source. Uh, Sounds great. But yeah, that's another Doug Lyman movie. Wait, is that is that when Fast and Furious crew go to space? God, I hope so. In their cars. So that's it. That's what we're going to be doing. I think just looking over that list, I think something that we've said is, is he's got a much higher batting average from a much earlier age. Right. I mean, by 2021, he's a leading man and he's a leading man for the rest of his career when he chooses yeah. to be. And I yeah. think, with the exception of two or three titles there, they are all solid, if not really good, movies. Agreed. So the first episode that we're going to do, for real then, will be uh, a double whammy of Endless Love and Taps. Uh, join us for that next time. What I'm really interested in hearing from the listeners about is that contentious stuff that we're, that we're talking about. If you're not a fan of Tom Cruise and and you were a fan of Arnie yeah. and you're not particularly seeing the reason that we're doing this. You're not looking forward to it. Get in touch and tell us why. Cause I think that's a really interesting talking point and it's something that is going to come up yeah, time I'd and time again. Know. That'd be great. Um, and also if you think we've missed a really Im- a key, important facet of Tom Cruise's character or success in this discussion, uh, get in touch so that we can bring that into the conversation going forward as well. Yeah. Until next time. We have to come up with a new catchphrase. Woo! Yeah, that works. Yeah.